I think it's genius, Nick, that you brought in the fact that you're sitting on the floor. So let's let's start with that. And let me take a second to provide you with some context so you have kind of a feel for where is this coming from. And I think it's going to help you better assimilate the content. And that is, I've had the opportunity to study this philosophy and practice this art. I started in 1978, and then I really kind of, let's say, made a commitment to become like an apprentice in 82, and then you know, made this my main life as far as studying what they call the Donghan uh, Taoist you know, philosophy. And it's a warrior, scholar, sage practice. So, of course, building the body, you know, sharpening the sword, which is the mind and body, understanding energetic anatomy and physiology, which is basically understanding chi and oriental medicine, and then the sage is understanding the nature of reality. And so this has been my path, and I have an opportunity to train so many people. You know, currently I'm working with some of the top people as far as, you know, having outward success. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is, you know, they will fly in on their helicopter and spend their $2,000 a night to stay at the resort to learn this stuff, which is impressive. But, you know, the first thing I do is I watch them get out of the helicopter. You know, I just sit in the back, I watch. And the speed in which they get out of that helicopter, the youthfulness and the vitality. You know, can they walk? Can they sleep? Can they evacuate their bowels? In a lot of cases, not so much. So, they really worked hard. These are very, very top-tier human beings, but they kind of left one small piece out of their portfolio, and that would be them. And so everybody, you know, in this community, once I had a chance to meet Nick and get a feel for his group, highly motivated, very intelligent people, and he's very committed to providing, you know, his group, his clan with the full package. So it's like, okay, well, why don't we just fold in the concept of, you know, hey, Make sure you include you in your portfolio. And there's a lot of things that we're going to learn so that we can extend the quality of our life. So we're going to have wealth, which is an imperative, to reach a certain level of success. But it is not success. It's the gear needed. You can have all kinds of enthusiasm and philosophic beliefs and physical health, but if you can't pay your bills, you're still in trouble. So we live in a world of form. So we do have the responsibility, you know, to sustain ourselves and have the necessary resources to provide shelter and all of the, you know, the needs and wants in life. So we don't have this never-ending desire. Excellent. But once we get past that, we have to make sure we can enjoy it, extending quality of life. And that's really what we're going to work on. And um, I always tell my clients, spend a minimum of a half hour a day on the floor. You know, ask yourself, can I do this on the floor? Now, if you're driving heavy equipment or in a car right now, I don't recommend, you know, that's not going to work. But if you have the option, you know, try to spend a half hour a day on the floor, and you would be surprised how many chronic conditions to treat. You know, my clients, the first thing we do, we can provide you with a needle protocol and qigong, and, but you have to actively participate in one of the biggest things you can do. Believe it or not, to sit on the floor. It's going to ground you mentally, but it's also going to help propel interstitial fluids uh, up to and out of the lungs. And we'll go into all of that as you as you learn. What we really want to share today is the first opening statement. You know, living to learn. You know, and give to earn. We have a saying in our culture. It's called Gong Da Hui Xiang, which is spiritual work for karmic merit. So just assume you're broke and plan on going to hell kind of thing. You know, get up and earn this life. And the way, you know, we live to learn 
we give to earn, the first thing we do is remove our own suffering. You know, everybody wants to change the world and everybody wants to picket and protest and everyone wants to, great, but, you know, as Jordan Peterson says, you know, make your own bed. Start with that. And then put yourself in a position where you're mentally, physically, and emotionally in a healthy state. Because if you're broken, you're taking. So the best thing you can give to someone initially is just your own success. You know, live to learn. Learn yourself. Learn to balance within your reality. That in itself is the beginning and first step of giving. Because you can give, let's say, material things, like give someone a Bentley or whatever, but if you're uh, 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 unbalanced mentally and physically and you're a miserable person to be around, you're, you're creating suffering. So, you know, a big part of success is, you know, live to learn. Now, when we talk about living to learn, yes, we have to learn about the mundane things in life, but ultimately we want to understand the nature of reality. So a lot of this, and maybe some of you are familiar with the concept of Taoism, uh, the concept that may be more popular known as like feng shui, the successful movement of air and water in a system, whether it's a city or a human body. If it's stagnant, it's dying. So, uh, you know, understanding some of these universal, timeless principles, that's wisdom. Knowledge comes and goes. You know, it's kind of like law and technology. It's soon outdated. But wisdom is applicable today or 10,000 years ago. It's the same universal principle. And that's the piece we learn through living. You know, you can study it at first, but ultimately you have to live it so that you can become it. So we try to, you know, put that in front of mind and we provide a format or a process in which we can do it. Now, this method is a 4,200-year-old method, you know, the lineage in itself. So there isn't a lot of experimenting going on. It's really more about providing a structure that you can adhere to and succeed within. And so living to learn is taking that knowledge, applying it in real time, and creating wisdom. Maybe some of us know about the concept of chakras. You know, we've heard of that. We call them energy centers, and there's like a fourth chakra and a fifth chakra and a sixth chakra or a heart chakra, throat chakra, and third eye. Well, that fifth chakra is, yes, power and knowledge and the ability to filter, you know, and take in. And the fourth chakra is time. If we can take information and time and apply it, now we're living and we're learning. We didn't just study it. We studied it. We, like we got a BA in business, but then we went actually opened a business and succeeded. That, that becomes wisdom. So this is going beyond what we, we know, and it's ultimately what we become. And that's how we, we learn. And then the earning part is, yes, make yourself better, and then – First, you know, we're going to be one of two things, an example or a warning. So the first is just your presence, your clarity is positive, doesn't take from the room. And then the next you start to physically, if, you know, the situation's right beyond example, but through actual instruction, you can earn by sharing. First, by example, and then maybe even, you know, sharing what you understand or applying what you understand to a real-life situation that will bring it back into harmony. And so that's a really, you know, big piece. When we, um, when I first met Nick, we all went on this crazy hike to the top of this mountain with this flag, and it was it was a party, and it was a bit of a challenge, you know. But that's, you know, one of the things I do is I guide people on these mountain hikes. Excellent, excellent form of exercise, of course, and clarity. We can go into that. 
and I saw it was hard. So I decided to maybe I can distract these guys because they're all suffering. And I can tell them a story because I do this with my kids. You know, anybody that has kids, you know, diversion goes a long way, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to use diversion. And I know that they were part of this, you know, wolf den or something. I didn't know much about Nick, just a very good friend of mine, Jason Campbell, said, these guys are amazing. You need to meet them. They want to have an experience. They want to climb this mountain. Could you spend some time with them? I'm like, yeah, why not? If you recommend them, they've got to be good. And they are beautiful human beings. Not a lot of experience on the mountain. That's okay. Let's do it. Well, it was hard, and it was a little discouraging. So I'm like, well, they're the wolf then. So I decided to talk to them about strength and overcoming adversity. And we used a little story about the wolves and this little community of a wolf pack. And they were white wolves. They were good wolves. And uh, they were all, let's say, very, very kind and caring wolves. And they were very considerate wolves. And, you know, to be, let's say, aggressive and young was considered foul and dark. They were toxic masculine, if you will, <laughs> if, you know, if you were to hold that mantle. Great. But one day, somehow, uh, a, 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 a pair of wolves gave birth to a little black wolf. And this little black wolf was really aggressive. And I'm telling this story because I'm looking at Nick and I'm like, this guy's pretty intense. And what I'm looking at is a, a little black wolf. And I was like, so let's talk to him about his nature on the third spot, you know, uh, third party. Like, so this little black wolf's in this little community, and guess what? He's intense, and he's a little aggressive, actually. So he doesn't fit. And they're like, you know what? Maybe you'd be better living in the forest because this is, you know, upsetting to the gentle nature of the white wolf. Okay. So there he is by himself with his aggression and his intensity. And then one night – the lions come and they start taking down these white wolves because they don't have it in their nature. And the black wolf hears this in the forest and he's like, uh-oh, this is my clan. These are my, my, my family. So he goes in and he has that nature. He has that dark nature and he has that aggression. And he has got, he's willing to be violent, to protect himself and others. So, of course, he banquets the lion. And they're like, oh, my God, you saved us. So they start to rethink, maybe we do need to have a little bit of dark. can't just be light. The world isn't just light. So then they decide, okay, let's marry him off to the, you know, hack leader's daughter. And so they start throwing off these gray wolves. And the gray wolves, they have balance and they have judgment and they have compassion. But when pushed, they have sharp teeth. They have a mix of yin and yang and they've found a balance. They're not prey. They're gentle because they choose to be. And there's power in that. If you're gentle because you have to be, you're weak, and actually you're resentful and dangerous. If a, if a rabbit had fangs, everything in the forest would be dead. Give something weak power, and they're very dangerous. So they started throwing off the gray wolves, and that clan multiplied, and that clan was never overtaken by the lions again. And that was the little stable, you know, that I decided to share with bringing in the balance and creating the gray wolves. Sure, you understand the world of, you know, form and you understand society and how to do your computer stuff. I know nothing about this, by the way, the whole digital world. That's great, but we also have to have the strength to overcome adversity, especially in an uncertain world. And so began the concept of Grey Wolf. You know, I mean, he thought about it, ruminated, and they, they got together like, wow, this is crazy. How did we... So we began. And so became the process of you know, them becoming the first actual master's apprentice where they're going to go through and learn directly, you know, from us. 
and that was very excited. So it's like, well, maybe we can bring this into the community to kind of augment and complete this process. All right, well, let's do it. Well, the first step is, like we said, becoming strong. So, you know, you have the strength to overcome because, because if you, all right, here's the thing to consider. Right now, a lot of us might be upstart and getting started. You know, when you're hungry, you only have one thing on your mind, and that's to eat. That's hunger. There's clarity and singularity in that process. It's almost simple like an animal. Just eat. Well, the problem is once you're full, you go from having one problem to 1,000. And so once you succeed is when your real problems begin. And so that's when the clarity and the strength and the self-mastery comes in. You know, we have a saying, self-mastery is measured by the distance between thoughts and the space between words. You know, it's like, how pensive are you? Can you just sit? Someone taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, man, what's going on? What are you thinking about? The answer should always be nothing. Well, actually, nothing. We think during stomach spleen time, high tide of analytical mind, 7 a.m. to 11. Later, as you learn, you know, hurry cycle and where the energy is in the body, you learn to maximize, you know, how to use your time. Otherwise, hands to work, mind to God. We're not human doings. We're human beings, that whole saying. So that's a big key. So it's like when we succeed, we want to succeed on the highest level. So we become an example. We remove our own suffering. We learn, and then we earn by providing that, you know, A, just an example is the biggest thing. My grandmasters were it. They weren't teachers. They were it. You know, they were what they, what they are. And so it's like, wow, embody the practice. And so, of course, you know, within our system, I've had the opportunity to train literally thousands of uh, individuals all the way up through master, you know, and it's a, it's a bit of a process. So when we talk about that, you know, concept, then we're looking at guard because I listen to his conversations. I'm like, this guy's got some really heavy, almost intuitive and organic metaphysics. Like he's, he's dancing around the Tao. He's just lacking. It's like a, a musician who hasn't been trained. It's like, wow, this guy's got, you know, perfect pitch. And it's really amazing. He can put together some amazing melodies. And wow, he did the monkey work. Look at those scales burn. But really not formally trained. All they need is just a little formal training. Well, I see a lot of that. Like, well, wow, really what you need is just a little bump, just that data. And that's kind of what started, the, the, you know, the genesis of this whole thing. It's like, wow, let's talk about guard. What do you mean? Well, guard, we talk about guarding yourself, you know, guarding your own nature. And to guard yourself means to know yourself. Because once you, it's referred to as turning the light around. Once you can, you, you know, the yogis say it all the time, namaste, right? I'm sure some of you do yoga, the light in me sees the light in you kind of thing. Well, yeah, turning the light around. Once you can turn the light around, you remove darkness. The darkest spot in the room is right there under your ass. In other words, the darkest spot is in you. And so once you develop the strength, the focus, the know-how, to look at yourself without resistance, judgment, or attachment, you know, but to look at yourself in sobriety and to shed the light on yourself, your behaviors, and your reality, you can slowly burn that away. And you begin to guard yourself from yourself. <laughs> it sounds weird because you're your biggest enemy. And once you can defend yourself against you, then ultimately, you know, others are, are by no means an adversary. So when we start talking about guarding, we're starting to talk about guard really from ignorance, and ignorance is darkness. 
So turning the light around of consciousness is a really big part. It's one of these keys, which we're going to, you know, discuss in a second. So having a chance to, to kind of see, you know, how this whole uh, process, you know, ties together and how there's an actual formula. It's not based on, you know, some lateral process. It's a step-by-technically an eight-step program <laughs> formula. It's a, you know, the eight-path, eight key principles of self-mastery and cultivating wisdom. So we're like, you know what, maybe the easiest thing then is to provide, you know, Nick and now the clan with the a master key of wisdom. And so, you know, it's, which is amazing. It's available on Amazon. Now, when I was taught all of this stuff and everything in this book, I was literally taught verbatim by the individual in the book in a very organic way by literally living with and at the time, we weren't even allowed to take notes, let alone have a book, because the concept was if you got to write it down, it is not you. I remember one night we were training, and we would do these long intensives, and it's got to be 2, 3 in the morning up in Vermont. I remember this. We were in a ski lodge in Vermont. And we haven't eaten. We haven't slept. And we're going through these principles, and we're really drilling down on some of these key pieces of the universal Tao. And I was apparently, I was a kid. I was like in my 20s at that time. I was tired and completely blown out. And my grandmaster looks at me and says, you look, you look hungry. You look tired. I said, yes, grandmaster. I'm very hungry, very tired. You're hungry. I said, yeah. And then we, we continue going on. And now he's talking. Now I'm starting to take notes. And he looks at me and he says, why are you taking notes? I'm like, well, I want to make sure I have this. I said, oh, you said you were hungry, right? I said, absolutely. So he looks around. He grabs a box of Triscuits. He throws it at me <clears throat> quickly, actually, in the corner of it, of course, hits me right in the chest. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm ready to eat. He said, oh, no, no, go ahead and read the ingredients. I'm like, well, what do you mean, Grandmaster? Just read the ingredients. Read them out loud. Everyone's hungry. So I'm like, we, so I'm reading the agreements. He said, all right, put that down. And that was it. That was his point. His point was you can't write this down and have it. You can't read it and have it. You have to eat it. You have to digest it. You have to become it. You're not going to study it. You're going to live it. Are you clear? And I'm like, okay, I get that. So that was like the style and the method that we were taught. It wasn't sitting under fluorescent lights at a workshop. It was literally sitting on the floor at the foot of the grandmaster and humbly learning, wearing a silly robe. That was the process. And, uh, however, at the time, I thought it was really crappy because it was really difficult and I hated it. But, of course, in retrospect, it was quite authentic, you know. And uh, so these process was not only – notes but it's a book imagine my surprise well of course my grandmaster knew you know we you'll learn the say the stages of life the, the five elemental stages of life learning and he knew where he was in his mortality so he started his download and then left which we'll talk about later but we'll use this book the master key of wisdom and i recommend reading it so what i'll do is uh just we'll start today with the introduction so this is like, hey, everyone, it's great to see you on the call, and then we're going to start moving and go through this process. I usually do this once a year with our clan, you know, so we'll, we'll do it again. Um, and so if you really were to look at it, I'm not going to read it verbatim the whole damn book, but I will give you a start, and then I'm going to try to provide commentary. We do the same thing with the Tao Te Ching, the Wenzhou, and a lot of the Taoist teachings. We go through the canon, and it's a lot of stuff, you know. So when we look at the introduction, which happens to be on page seven, and again, it starts with to live is to learn and to give is to earn. 
and uh, the giving uh, earning too is also if you want to get really serious as far as a karma of consciousness being a human being is really the only state in which you have free will plants don't they do what plants do you know and they that, that's what they do and animals do what animals do they don't build freeways and make houses they don't you know sin they do what they do even tigers they're not committing murder when they're eating the deer that's what they do human beings of course can commit murder so we have a choice between heaven and hell man divides heaven and earth so that's an evolutionary opportunity to incarnate in human form if you you know want to get that heavy but uh so earning this life the chances you know of you being a human being at this time is a hell of an opportunity and the byproduct of a lot of work so whatever you've done before this journey it was a lot of work to get here and to have this opportunity to, A, have access to information and be in a human body at this time when we have airplanes and Internet. It's really kind of crazy. So you've been given a body. Then you say thank you. You know, the Earth itself just lent you a meat suit that will slowly die. So earn it. And so that's, you know, live to learn and to give is to earn. To give what? Information that removes suffering ultimately. So each moment of your life is a moment of ultimate choice. Life is never ending challenge for good and for bad. Vested in you and each human being is the ability to choose one or the other. And now that's like a quote, and I heard that verbatim, you know, for the first time, probably when I was 16, you know. And at the time, I'm going to be honest with you, it was a warrior scholar stage process. So the first thing you learned was martial arts standing in horse position and swinging a sword. And I'm going to be perfectly frank. I was not interested in this conversation, and it made no sense to me. Uh, you know, I was like, not that guy. I was closer to Vinnie Barbarino than a monk at that point in my life. So now, of course, I get it. You know, years later, it's clear as the bell. But at the time, because I read this, it's like, oh, wow, I remember that. So the good pathway is Chengdo, all right, true, true, true way or uh, Chengdao, whichever one you want to use, Hanguk or Mandarin. So uh, leading to the greater harmony, balance, integrity, peace, joy, trust, and honor, and togetherness and like. Travelers on this Chengdao pathway have a clear vision of the future. They follow a straight course of principle and honor, and they climb towards Imgan, which is, uh, did they say that? Yeah, the highest form of humanness. That is the ultimate. So Imgan. So later, and I bet some of you know or maybe heard about chakras, either chakras, energy centers in the body. We refer to them as dimensions of consciousness as they belong to the Yiching, the Book of Changes. Most of us operate on kind of the lower ones, first, second, and third chakra. Just, you know, am I functioning? Am I reproducing? Am I eating? And that's it. Pretty much in love with that. Pretty much an animal. That's what animals do. To jump over that fourth chakra into the fifth, sixth, and seventh chakra is in God. So just be, my, my grandmaster used to say all the time, you know, there's human beings, you know, just because you're in a human being body doesn't necessarily mean you're a human. You can be an animal and a human being. That's a gongsa, which is, will be referred to later. So it's like, yeah, making that jump is, is a little bit of work, yeah? So uh, the, the bad pathway, which is pago, leading to imbalance, egotism, selfishness, jealousy, anger, alienation, darkness. Pado travels the circle aimlessly over a fog-strotted landscape and gradually descends towards concerts, which is what I said. Well, it's a wild animal, you know, side of humanness. So that makes humans behave like beasts. Kongsu, 
relinquishes principle in favor of gansa, which is, again, endless flux of superficial change. And that's kind of what do we call that materialism, you know, and just constantly moving. What is it? Swipe right, you know, <laughs> and just go through, you know, ta -ta -ta -ta, go through. It's like a wind blowing through a tree. No tranquility, no clarity. There's no calm. It's just ever, ever movement, just movement of mind. And it's the opposite. Where there's tranquility, there's clarity. Where there's clarity, there's a constant. The constant is I am. And so, you know, having a process where you can just turn that off is key. And that's basically what self-mastery is about. So since civilization, the law of nature has existed. And for many centuries, masters have taught others and passed down a system of moral principles known as Mudo, the master key of wisdom, that it unlocks the gateway of extraordinary internal and external strength and the highest level of spirituality. Mudo is the roadmap for accomplishing the eight vitality, uh, uh, important life goals, which are, one, learning to know your true self, which is the dragonfly on the water, the, the, the pure reflection without turbidity, very hard for people to see themselves. If you tell someone the true words are seldom kind, and kind words are seldom true. You know, if you really level with yourself or others, it's usually painful. It takes a lot of discipline. You know, that's why even in yoga, you know, they have asana and we have horse dance, all these positions to build up your nervous system to cope with things you don't really like. You know, having the strength to see yourself, making correct daily choices. This is a big one. And that's what we call the Amudo compass of true, right, and correct. That's a, if you just went through this whole process and only learned that, it would change the quality of your life and your family's life. It's a big, big key. Uh, overcoming the doce, which is basically being drunk on your own ideas, basically uh, uh, really just only seeing your point of view. It's like I wear a red hat, you wear a blue hat, right? That's what we're living now, total doce. It's like anyone with a red hat in it, it's all, oh, no, anyone with a blue hat is insane. That's, that's crazy. And so overcoming that and being able to have the wisdom to see both sides is a big piece of self-mastery. Uh, cultivating the good seeds and leaving behind uh, your legacy for your family. Because your family isn't going to really give a crap how much cash you leave them, especially if you're twisted and abusive. Now they're just some, you know, uh, trust baby that has a bunch of cash and a million issues, and they spend most of it on therapy and addiction recovery. So cash is a piece, but by no means all of it. You know, I would rather, you know, live in a box with a man of wisdom than a mansion from a man from hell. You know, so that's really important. I'm sure some of you have already lived that, attaining honor, meaning, you know, it's the mountain. You know, you are what you are. Things change, situations change, but at the end of the day, that's like, you know, uh, Jason Campbell. You know, I've known him, Jesus, since the 80s, back when he had a mullet. And we've been through everything. And that son of a bitch is the same guy. No matter what happens, I mean, he'll change with it. Thank God he got rid of the mullet. But he'll change you know, with the situation, but guess what? If the mountain is a mountain. Sure, the sun's rising, it's a different color. Oh, it's setting, it's a different color. Oh, now it's raining. Yeah, but it's still a mountain. That continuity and that consistency is how you build lifelong relationships and you build honor. And it's like, what do they say? A network is your net worth kind of thing. <laughs> well, you can't trick a network forever. You know, you're either it or you're not it. And so that's a real, a big thing. You know, changing your reality for the better is ultimately... Uh, dealing with responsibility. And when we start talking about responsibility, it's the ability to respond in a sober way, not like 
I'm, you know, it's my fault kind of responsibility. That's, that's accountability. Responsibility is how can you respond in a balanced way to your situation. Being responsible is a key thing to change your reality. Becoming a living vessel of wisdom, you know, being a role model that we talked about, you're either an example or a warning, especially once you get, you know, past 58. You know, we can talk about that later in these seasons of life. The behavior becomes more and more important. As you get older, it's like what type of example are you? When you're younger, there's all kinds of potential. You get a lot of breaks. You know, it's like, well, you know, he's young. He's going to grow up. And it's right after 58, yeah, you know, you are what you are. It's very important to earn that. And then, of course, the biggest one is drawing from the nature's limited, limitless power through Nagel, how to cultivate wind, fire, and water. That's a whole thing because that is what takes this out of being a silly little philosophy. You know, sit around taking notes and saying, yeah, yeah, as we sit under fluorescent lights rotting at a table. That's not how we roll. We do it. And so using the actual uh, elemental construct of wind, basically correct, you know, uh, uh, breath work is really what that is. And then water, correct circulation, and fire, understanding the manipulation and movement of chi, uh, cultivating chi, you know, pink hands, warm feet, understanding how to maintain and literally control your body temperature and bring your energy to the extremity. Death begins in the extremity. So if we can understand that, we win. It's ultimately expressed in fire, mixing water, which is, yes, circulation, but there's also systems that we use. So we do physical practices, qigong practices, and we understand energetic anatomy and physiology, which is understanding acupuncture, in your case, acupressure points, so that you're not just some blind user. You know that on the fingertips and your toes, from your fingertips to your elbows and your toes to your knees, are all of the key points the gene well points needed to treat most diseases, especially if you get them before they enter deeply. And basically you can ward off through your weight and feel, you know, do you have a headache? Are you constipated? Do you have this? What's going on here? Well, you can just manipulate a few points and change your reality, not hope. You know, at practice oriental medicine was terrible because people wanted me to cure. I'm not going to cure you. You're going to cure yourself. We're going to show you how to change your reality. And you'll see in the, in this book, how, uh, you know, uh, that process was revealed to my grandmaster. And then you can see it's done, you know, uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, the eight, you know, vitality important uh, uh, parts, which is basically the potential of physical, mental, and spiritually, you know, is basically you want to turn that Pluto teachings, you know, into who you are, you know. So these eight vital life goals come from the heart of the Master Key of Wisdom. So each chapter we're going to go through in detail. And then, yes, we'll read the chapters and we'll have this little fun class. But no, your whole, your whole master's path is built on this. The master's path is an infinity loop. There is no beginning and there is no end. It's a constant. There's a constant evolution of consciousness that is momentarily residing in form. And so, so these, you know, these goals and going through the path, each chapter will prevent a different aspect of the system. And so the sum total ends up in this infinity loop, no beginning, no, no, no end, right? So over your lifetime as, you know, an active participant in over a lifetime of your children and coming generations. So it should be able to be something, you know, information has everything to do with the quality of your life. You know, it affects generations. 
you know, so we can, you can lift a whole generation. I have an eight-year-old that can explain to you these principles, you know, and he, he's just, that's to him. I didn't sit him down and say, all right, son, let's look at these eight keys. No, I mean, he knows them and he can say them, but it's not like, he, he didn't, I didn't give him the book, you know, he has the book, but that's the point. It's an infinity loop, no beginning, no end. And the symbols represent the process. So it's, it's a very powerful system. And yes, it, it's, we will, uh, each week. So then we will begin, you know, the actual first part, uh, will be, you know, the chapter one. And that will start, you know, knowing yourself, the concept of knowing yourself. And that'll be, you know, next, next, uh, call, next class. So that gives you a pretty good overview. Now we have a few minutes. So what we like to do is most of our calls, even these calls, are interactive and you're encouraged to participate. And if you'd like to, I think what you need to do is hit star seven to talk. Is that correct, uh, Sarah? Um, star two. Star two, yeah, and it'll pop up your little hand. That's right. So if you have any questions on anything that we talked about, feel free to ask. And if not, I'll give this over to Nick so he can uh, – just provide you with, you know, whatever information you need. I was hoping to, to get some questions because that, that's really the power of a lot of these things. Um, so uh, those of you that are not on, uh, on like, Master's Path, w which has been going on for a couple months now with uh, Mike and Jason, uh, we do, and again, there's things that I, I should be more consistent with, uh, but every morning I have it on my calendar to breathe with Jason, uh, I think just the breathing alone is a life changer. Uh, you don't really realize because it's such a, it feels like it's a natural thing to do. Uh, realize how, how poorly we are, how poorly we're breathing. You know, we think like, well, we're breathing. I'm alive. Um, so that's happening. And uh, you'll see at our events, at our Grey Wolf Summit and our Guardian Only events, which we just did recently, typically it's always been the day after, but it could be the day before. We'll do some movement. We'll do some breathing. Uh, the last couple of times, we've got to swing some swords. And uh, I'm sure that, that in future uh, calls, there'll be there, there's a ton of video of that we have also of Mike and Jason talking about uh, the sword and you know what it actually is. We uh, don't actually plan on carrying it around and fighting people. Although that would be cool. Um, and some people have expressed interest. They want to go deeper. And if you go to uh, just a little bit of context here, if you go to Zen Wellness, I think it's zenwellness.com, uh, I just want to give you guys, if, if you're not able to go there now, go there later. Uh, it's a very tight-knit group. So if you go to zenwellness.com, there's no button to click. There's no application. There's no email. There's no phone number. And so kind of uh, just being in our world, uh, if you want to get on these next seven calls, if you want to come out and swing swords and climb mountains and uh, get to know yourself and, and understand, as Mike said, the nature of reality, what you can do is you can open a help desk ticket inside of the Guardian Academy and uh, tag me and just let me know. And frankly, I might be like, yeah, you know, I know you well enough to know. Don't go there. Uh, but more than likely, I just make sure that it makes sense. Uh, 
because the the only way to get in is through uh, introduction from a member or uh, another teacher. So again, open help desk ticket. Tag me so that I see it. I don't stare at the help desk tickets all day long. Um, and just even if you just want more information on on what else you can do, I will uh, have a conversation with you and I'll kind of forward you along or pass it along to to Mike, Jason, and or uh, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Garden Academy podcast. Hope it was helpful. If so, do us a favor, subscribe, leave us a review. Now remember, live to learn, give to earn. Reflect on and wrestle with any new ideas that you heard in this episode, and then turn around and share your experience with others. Remember, many of the audio files were pulled from video and turned into articles in our Knowledge Center, which you can access for free. There will be a link in the description. If you want to stay in the loop and hear more about what our members, our partners, and the community is doing, both in the real world and the Web3 world, check out our friends at Inside the Den podcast. Not only are they great dudes, they're highlighting and interviewing the movers and the shakers, and they helped us set up this podcast to be simple, helpful, and fun.